All right, guys, welcome back. Should we say great men or good men? I don't Dude, know. We got one. Kale in the house. Yeah. Great. I, I say great men. It's really good men. Whatever. Yeah. The, the story Everybody on that is pretty with. cool. Yeah. Well, what is the story? I don't know the story. Well, because uh, I kept getting Instagram uh, copycat, right? You know how they do the Instagram uh, copycats? Yeah. And I couldn't get Kale Goodman because someone else had already had Kale Goodman. So I did Kale.Goodman. And then this guy was like, dude, you need to like create a name that doesn't have the period in there because that's how they get people. Right. Oh yeah. And, uh, and you know, they get you anyway, because yeah, even after I switched <laughs> to kill Greatman, they get you. But he's like, dude, you're such a great man. Why don't you just do kill Greatman? See if that's taken. And it was my buddy, Ryan Stuman. We were in Cabo oh, cool. at his deal. And yeah. uh, he's like, dude, you're such a great man. Just do kill Greatman. See if it, <laughs> see if it's available. So I checked and it was. And anyway, so he gave me that name. That's way cool. But yeah. now my daughter, has her name is on Instagram as Taves Greatman. Her name's Tavia. So it's passed on. And, yeah, dude, we might just have to legally change it, dude. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not married to Goodman. I changed it to Ruin Greatman. the family tree, you know? <laughs> just like, well, there's just a little jog in the family tree yeah. right here. No, it's cool. <laughs> and I now that I think about it, that's where I like, thought of it is your Instagram is Greatman. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, cool. I was actually, when I first met you, I was confused. Wait, is it Greatman or Goodman? But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Happy to have you. Dude, stoked pumped, to be here, pumped man. That Appreciate you're here. you. Yeah. You do a lot of these, so I'm not worried about this one at all. Yeah. <laughs> this is a guy that has built several successful businesses. He speaks on stage. He has his own podcast. It's very successful. Uh, just a good dude. Like, And you, you have a lot of history. You have a lot of just like depth in your story. So I'm excited for this episode and be able yeah. to pour into people and just kind of get all that out of you. Me too, man. I'm excited to be here, share anything I can. Um, I mean, that's been the mission the last, I'd say, seven, eight years in business. Because when you start business, it's very, you know, self-interested. You know, you're For just sure. all about like your goals, hitting your targets, getting your money, you know. And so it's been really cool to, to shift over these last seven, eight years of being like, you know what, like we need this to be value-based. And, you know, luckily we had mentors teach us that. And so, um, dude, I mean... I definitely don't have it all figured out, but anytime I, I get someone that's like at a point where I'm like, Oh dude, I know what you need to do. Or, or I have some wisdom to offer. It is, it's, it's gratifying, dude. I love giving back. It's yeah. been awesome. So that's way cool. I, you know, you're a unique guest where we can ask some tougher questions and not really tougher, but like where other people might see as a tougher question, because there's a lot of people that can make six figures. Probably a lot of people listening to this that make six figures. Maybe there's some that don't, but like, that's not that hard. That's not that difficult. And it's like, you still clap. Like that's freaking, Hey, great yeah. job. Like it's good, but you're well past that, right? Your business is valued at like what? Eight figures. Yeah. I mean, we, so, I mean, we do over eight figures in revenue. So we've, we, I mean, we've consistently done over 15 million just in our accounting company. And then, you know, we've got some other businesses that do in the multi seven figures, but, um, but I mean, my baby has always been easier accounting and, and, uh, you know, we've really built it up to, you yeah. know, doing, doing the and not figures. every, not everybody brings in eight figures in revenue. And that's kind of my point is like mm -hmm. in your perspective where you're like, you've been in it, you've grown it, you've done other things too, and built other businesses, but this is your baby. This is like your big one. Yeah. What makes this one different? What does it take to be able to bring a business from like day one to you're generating eight figures in rev? I mean, dude, then, I mean, the network, man, <laughs> you know, okay. um, I mean, it's, it's all been built off relationships, you know? And so, um, I, I would say ever, I mean, your employees, your computer programmers, your, you know, your referral partners, your business partners, like it's all relationship based, but our referral partners have been a huge part of that, getting us yeah. to the point where we could create our own marketing. You know, we were in the eight figures before we even started doing our own marketing. So we were really fortunate to make some really great relationships. Podcast and anything marketing. Yeah. So you were eight figures before you even started your podcast. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, um, right, probably right about then is when we started hitting the eight figures, you know, really? but yeah, we, you know, we work with a lot of, uh, small business owners. So we, so we typically work with people that are coaches or mentors or in B2B that are helping other business owners. And so, you know, some of them do really small scale stuff, you know, like maybe they're a coach that helps five businesses a month. Right. Yeah. Um, some of them are really big where they've got a whole academy where they're helping business people get started in business or helping them grow their business. And so we've been, we've really figured out with our accounting company, like the crucial points that these entrepreneurs and business owners need accounting services, which is as soon as possible. And so we've created packages at all different levels to help these business owners. And then we go to these referral partners. We're like, Hey, you really want to add value to your customer 
as well as make more money, as well as provide a service that they need, you know, a, a, a real triple win, like you should work with us. Right. And so it, it, it's just a good thing because they make money, we make money and the customer gets what they need a lot sooner because one of the biggest problems in accounting or in, in business is accounting. Like people figure it out after they have some huge disastrous yeah. problem. And yeah. so getting ahead of that's <laughs> crucial. Right. And yeah. so, so we have a product that we can do eight figures with because it's a huge need. People hate it, demand. but they need it. Right. Yep. So if we can do it for them and take a lot of it off their plate, like it's, it's a no brainer. Right. But even then I think, and, and to be devil's advocate, but in a good way, like it, I see a lot of accountants. I know I have a lot of friends that are accountants that work for firms and I've asked them, dude, why don't you do your own thing? And every single one of them goes, it's tough, man. Like to get started, to build your clientele, the overhead, the liability insurance, like all this stuff that you have to have to protect yourself. Like, mm -hmm you have to have X amount of clients before you even start to be profitable. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, Holy cow. And then I look at y'all's business and I'm like, mm -hmm. like, how did you do it? Yeah. Like, how did you just like, did you have this huge vision at first or was it just like, no, let's just get going. Cause maybe it'll work. Well, I had a huge vision, you know, like, because I came from a house that was torn financially from IRS issues, you know, and then, and then I got a job selling accounting, you know, at, at an accounting firm, even though I was an accountant. So I learned the game, mm. right? I was like talking to business owners. I'm hearing this, you know, same problems over and over again, which is really just lack of information and knowledge. They want to pay an accountant to do it. Accountant does it for them, but they do it not very good for so, them. So you were cold calling people yeah. for a company, not yeah. yours, but another yeah. company and you were learning yeah, which is how I knew the whole sales model, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, because we're unique. We're not like your traditional firm. Like you say, these guys don't want to go start their own firm, which is why they're like, I want to make partner. Like that's their career path. And it's going to take them however many years, 10, 12, 15 years to make partner at a firm before they actually start making like really good money as as a professional, you know? And so, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're doing things different, man. We're actually, that's what's cool about the mission statement now. Our mission statement has always been like, hey, we, we want to make a difference in people's homes because I, I had that upbringing, right. you know, like the IRS took my mom's, you know, my dad's, uh, business from him. You know, they levied his bank accounts. My mom went and got a job to help put food on the table. They ended up garnishing her paychecks at Albertsons right here, working at the grocery store. You know, she was just a checker, not making a lot of money. They yeah. garnished her paychecks. Right. And so, you know, like my dad started working for cash under the table, which, you know, that limits you. And so, man, yeah. we went through some really tough years after the IRS issues. And then it, I dealt with it my entire upbringing. So my mindset growing up being a super entrepreneurial kid, kid and a young adult was like, yeah, even though I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a hustler. Like, why would anybody want to be a business owner? Like the IRS can come just take everything from you. Yeah. Like you never really own your business, you know? So working at an accounting firm, learning to talk to business owners, hearing the, the commonalities of problems over and over and over again. Like I was always, I always had a passion for it and I always wanted to help people with it, you know, but I wanted to be rich too because I grew up poor, right? Yeah. So it was about me and then it was also about helping other people. But between like my business partners and then, you know, how it's evolved now, the mission's much bigger. The mission mm. now is like, hey, we don't just want to help other people and get rich. Like we want to change the industry because the accounting system is broken, yeah. right? And I used to tell people like, hey, the accounting system's broken. Like you're not being serviced the way that you should be serviced as an entrepreneur. And it's because accountants suck. They don't know how to run a business, but that's actually not true. Right. The reason it's broken is because business owners don't want to create the financial habits to understand the financial game at every level that they end up growing to or want to grow to. And so the accountant is stuck with this person that doesn't want to do their part, but then the client is stuck with this accountant that really doesn't have an entrepreneurial mindset. And so there's this huge disconnect, right? And so that's really what's different about us now. And we don't have to talk about accounting the whole time, but I am passionate about it. Yeah, you can and, tell. I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. part of you. Yeah. And so like really the, the mission is to change the industry by creating systems and processes to help hold the entrepreneurs and business owners accountable to get us what we need so we truly can take it off their plate. And it is challenging, dude. We've gone through a lot of problems. We've had pissed off customers. Yeah. You know, we've had to make things how, right How many customers do you, I mean, I don't, you might know this, but how many customers yeah. do you have? You know, We got... Over 3,000. Wow. Yeah. So. And they're all over the country. Yeah. Mostly small business owners. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So, and, and, you know, we've, you know, we've done the entrepreneur thing where we're like, you know, you know, build, uh, you know, jump and then build your wings as you're, you know, yeah. as you're flying or whatever, yeah. or you're falling. And, uh, you know, like we've, we've taken on clients we shouldn't have, and we've had our hard learning lessons, but now it's like, 
we, we're getting it pretty dialed, man. Like we're, we have a really great thing. We're helping a lot of people. And when we sell this business one day for $500 million, like other accounting firms are going to be like, what the freak did they do? They're going to start copycatting us. And when they start copycatting us, that's the biggest part of our mission because the mission is to change the industry, start creating, getting accounting firms to start servicing these entrepreneurs the way they need to and getting these entrepreneurs to take on the things that they need to do on their end so they can be serviced because even if AI takes over, I mean, dude, you're never going to get rid of the human touch in accounting, bro. Like you're going to have to understand some things at every level that you play at in order to continue to grow, build your legacy, secure your family, you know, and and do the things that entrepreneurs want to do. So dude, I love it. And that part of the thing that I love about what you just said is you changed pain into purpose. Like, yeah, the, the passion that everybody hears and sees right now from you is comes from, it comes from pain. Yeah. Like the pain that you felt. And I, I, I hear that from like Tony Robbins, right. With his mom and how she beat him and oh, yeah. all the abuse that he took. And like, he takes this look of like, like this outlook of like, I'm grateful for my mom, which yeah. just blows me away. Like, how could you do that? And like bought her a house, like bought her a beach house. Like, here you go, mom. Like, here's this cool house on the beach. Thanks for beating me. But in his heart and his mind, he really believes like my mom was the person that made me who I am. And that's why I want to help as many people in this world as possible. And I don't want anyone to suffer because of how much I suffered. And yours is similar to Tony Robbins because like you suffered because of the IRS taking all this stuff from your family. And you're like, I don't want anybody else to feel that pain. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah, man. Powerful. it, It truly is a gift and it's hard to see it like that. You know, my, uh, my fan, my family's going through a really tough time right now with my dad. He's, He's uh, been battling cancer for a long time and, mm-hmm. and it, it looks like really grim right now. And it's just like, you know, all this stuff's coming out in the family right now, you know, just like childhood traumas and stuff like that. And I've had those same talks with my siblings. I'm like, man, look at the gifts though. Yeah. Like look at the op- options we have on how we lead and we, we, you know, raise our families and like all that's a gift from our dad, man. Like, you know, yeah, yeah he, did, he made a lot of mistakes, but he also did a lot of great things too. And we get the gift of both sides of that. It's like that, just the mentality of like ha- life happens for us, right? Instead yeah. of to us and we can always pivot and make it a positive, which yeah. is such a cool outlook. I, I think it's, again, like it's amazing that you've been able to build what you've built and a lot of people don't ever get there. I mean, you're kind of an albatross in a way, like you're 1% in the world, mm-hmm. right? Building a business like that, like it's just not that many. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't ever look at the stats. I, mean, I don't it, even it, know. No, it's true. Like it's true. Yeah. Like you, you think of every you know, every person in the world, right? Like yeah. if you're, if you're the, just to be in the top 1% earners, like I think you only have to make over 400,000, but like you're the 1% of the 1%, like, and there's obviously like Elon Musk and like, but like, it's pretty incredible what you've been able to build through that, build through that pain that you've transitioned into purpose. Yeah. So it's way well, cool. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Let's talk about, um, maybe, I want to, I want to ask this one. So Trevor, he's your business partner, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He's crazy. Yeah. But I love him. Yeah. Everybody loves him. Yeah. I think. And he's just got so much energy all the time. Uh-huh. Why'd you pick Trevor as your partner? Why is he like the yin to your yang or like, how did that all happen? Well, how, you know, what's that relationship like? It's, it's crazy because Trevor and I are so different now, you know, but for a long time we were so alike, really? you know? Yeah. Um, but we've both evolved and we've evolved together and we've evolved separately in different ways. Right. And so it's funny sometimes I'll be like, you know, like, like, cause like he, he's, he's off running like RBO and I'm off, you know, now, now like we've kind of taken on these roles. There's one thing I really learned through the process of, of being so aligned with Trevor. And it's like, and we had this talk just before I went to California uh, a little over a month ago. It's like, dude, look, it's very clear to me. We can't have two visionary leaders on all these projects. Like you have visions, you're going to want to execute. I have visions. I want to execute. And if we are both this equal, like, owner slash leader, right? Like, dude, it's, it's never going to really go. Right. So like, I don't want to get in your way and I don't want you to get in my way. I have enough humility to be like, Hey, you know, like, dude, when I need you for easier accounting stuff, like, and I know like, Oh, this is something Trevor's great at, you know, like, dude, I'll, I'll like Pull call, in. call you yeah. in and we'll, and we'll like, dude, Trevor, you're great at this. What would you do in this situation? Same thing. Like I want to support RBO as much as possible. Of course I'll do the podcast and all that. But as far as like the mastermind and how you want to build that community, I just want to support I don't want to lead it and I want to go lead this over here. Otherwise we have too many distractions. Right. right. And so, and he agreed. And we're so like he, he's designing the mastermind, how it needs to be to give the best experience based on what, 
he wants to lead, you know, and, and I'm doing that with easier counting on how we're continuing to restructure things over there. But, um, so, so like we're so different now and it's yeah. awesome. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people like about our podcast too, is like, we can have very similar beliefs, but two different perspectives. Right. And so there's some contrast. And so anytime you have like a dual host podcast, I think they can be terrible and then they can be really great. And because we have such a contrast between us, but then also very aligned beliefs, right. right. About the world and entrepreneurship and things like that, it works really well. Um, but man, I didn't really like pick Trevor as a business partner. We worked together in a call center years ago and did, we were just, we were like those middle school best buds that were just like had the same humor, got each other, laughed at each other all the time. And like, I just loved him. Right. And, and then he went down his road. Um, I had a child in, in when I was 18, had not even graduated high school yet. And, uh, and so I got this job at this call center just to try and fend for my family. He, um, came into the call center industry because he just needed a job. Like we're both like yeah. these 18 year old kids. Um, uh, but you know, he went down his addiction path, you know, and, and, uh, I was cared for him. And then, um, I, like, I didn't go down that path because I had a kid to take care of. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I think my kids saved my life because we were both hellions. Um, but <laughs> he came back. So I went off and started my own endeavors years after being in the call centers and then working at the accounting firm, I started my own call center. Um, and our first original product with my partner still this day, Jeremy, he wrote this whole course on day trading in the Forex market before it was like what it is now today. We created our own like educational platform and it was cool, man. Like we created leads, we created sales, we had sales guys. Trev ended up coming to work for us. Um, when, uh, when he moved back from Salt Lake and he was getting clean and, uh, and I was like, hell yeah, dude, I would love to have you work here. And so he went from a sales guy to a sales manager. And then we parted ways with one of our other business partners and did a totally different business model. And he was like, Hey, I'm going to go with this other guy because I just know this. And I kind of sold him a vision of like, dude, stick with us. Cause we're going to do things different outside this whole, you know, opportunity space that can be kind of a little bit, uh, you know, shady at times, bro. Yeah. Like we want to do really cool things, really ethical, cool things. And like, I just think you would be great for it. And so Trev was our sales manager when we kicked off this whole new business model. And he was so great at just managing people. Like that's never been my strength. I'm great at selling people my vision. I'm great at getting mm -hmm. things off the ground. I'm great at mapping out like how we're going to get leads and, and how we're going to sell them. And I'm great at those things, at those moves. But like, an employee comes to me and wants a, an advance on their paycheck. Oh, I just, I'm a sucker. I give in to him. Yeah. Trevor holds him accountable. You know what I mean? So like he was just a great sales manager. Well, even back then, dude, I had multiple business ventures. One of them, an accounting firm that we scaled to eight figures and the whole partnership fell apart at the same time that this other business partnership fell apart. And I was like, dude, I already have all the relationships. Like, lead partners, marketing agencies. Like we have all these sales guys that want to work for us. They don't want to work for these guys that we found out were embezzling from us. And so it's a really long story, but basically it was like, Trev, why don't we partner up? Right. And, and plus that other guy had had us get in the hole. And so Trev's like, well, you know, like, you know, I can bring like 10 grand in to, in to help cover payroll. And plus we were like 70 grand upside down in credit card debt that we'd been running to keep the lights on while this other partner was just draining us. And so anyway, I was like, well, let's just partner up and rebuild it all. We're in the hole. You know, you've got a little bit of money saved up. Me and Jeremy got a little money saved up. Like, let's just rebuild it now that these partnerships are just imploded, right? And so, um, so we ended up partnering on everything because at that time we had two businesses. We had our we had our, our our funding company, and then we had our accounting company. And so, you know, it was like, I'll just make you a partner on both, dude. Let's just rebuild them both. And so, That's really cool. so you know, like, yeah, I picked him, you know, as a business partner, but like. You know, like we, we were already kind of in mesh. He was our sales manager. It just made sense to, to rebuild together, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's cool. Cause coming from my perspective, like I've had just today, I had somebody ask me to go to lunch and it's an old, old friend known him for seven years. And he came to me and was like, Hey, I got this vision. I, I got this, I got this vision for this real estate brokerage and I want you to be a partner. Like he's already got a brokerage. He's like, I want you to be an owner of my mm -hmm. brokerage. And this is what I want you to do this, that, and the other. And I'm like flattered, but at the same time, I'm sitting here going, is this what I, is this what I want to do? Are this the people yeah. that I want to get into business with? And it happens all the time. Right. So that's why I wanted to ask like, Hey, what was the process? What was the story? How'd you pick him? Mm -hmm. Because I think so often people sometimes just like jump into a partnership yeah. and they're like, Oh shit. Yeah. like, 
you know, now it's a, I'm stuck. I hear it all the time. I'm stuck because I want to go this direction. They want to go that direction. Yeah. Now that we got money that was mixed, and yeah. what do we do? And then they like burn <laughs> it to the ground and they start over and they go their different ways, yeah. whatever. So it's tough. It's tough mm-hmm. to make a partnership. Where, and you guys have had your tough times. Yeah, for you sure. Have your disagreements. Yeah. All the you partners, work through yeah. it. Yeah, because yeah, we got other partners too, you know, on our endeavors. But, um, you know, I don't know. This one's been special though. You know what I mean? Like, like, what I mean when I say I picked Trevor, but I didn't, it's like he was the best option at the time. He's a great manager. And that's the thing is when we partner with people, sometimes we partner out of insecurities. Like, I know I'm not that great at managing people. Trevor's great at managing people. So I can do great what I'm doing great at, and he can do great at what he does great at, and it, and it works great as long as there's equal value. Yes. Right. And there is equal value with that. And so I a lot of times. That's so true, though, Kale, yeah. because if you have somebody in a partnership that has the upper hand in anything, yeah. it always doesn't work. You yeah. always get screwed over. If you're the one that's like coming, into it and they're like hey you're the hustler i'm the knowledge you're screwed yep like they're just gonna work you to death and like you're just gonna sit there on your hands like what do we do yeah i love what you said where you, if you if you have differences but equal in value yeah yeah it's great be I great mean, you can be um honest with yourself of like hey this is a strength i don't have you know but you know there's the money part you know if someone's like hey i'll put up the money and do all this and then you you do that there's gonna be resentments fester eventually when that person's not pulling their weight and they didn't bring in the same amount of like equity or value or capital or whatever right and so um so it is really important like i feel like there's been a lot of really equal value over the years um as far as different strengths and you know capital and so we don't really have those resentments ever but sometimes we have we have issues based on like, you know, that he's got a different vision. I got a different vision. Yeah. That's why it worked out so great to be like, Hey man, like, like, let's be really honest. Like, what do you want to lead? What do you want to lead? Let's not, let's just support each other, but not be in each other's way because just like your partner wanting to sell you his vision of a brokerage, it's not going to work, dude. You're too evolved, right? Like you're like, I, I, I'm going to go sell my own vision, get my own yeah, team, right? Yeah. Get people to buy in on my mission and change their lives and change my life. Like if Trev came to me right now with like, hey, man, I got this vision, he's never going to sell me on it. Yeah. If I went to him and tried to sell him on a vision, he's never going to sell me on it, you know, because like I already have my vision. I'm too evolved, right. you know? And so, um, and so like the vision, you know, the visionary leader piece is like, the most important piece, especially when you're, when you're creating something big and, um, you know, you, you can't, you can't have two of them, dude. You yeah, know what I mean? You I know, like with us, it was great because like I was always the visionary leader on easier accounting and he was a great leader. But then when we started real business owners to help easier accounting, it like turned into its own thing. And he's so great at that. And he's more passionate about that. It's like, dude, I want you to just run with yours and I'll run yeah. with mine. And like, we'll just still support each other. And so there's no separation, but we're just delegating ourselves and defining that role for each company. I love it. Yeah. Let's pivot a little bit towards the podcast because I think this is something that's up and I mean, not up and coming podcasts have been around for a long time. Yeah. Social media has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just in my mind that it's so, it's so essential. And I feel like not enough people are doing it or like putting themselves out there. Like yeah. they want to hustle. They want to get big. They want to be like, and do all these things and, and do cool things, yeah. but they're not getting the attention or maybe the recognition or they're not putting themselves out there. And it's a great way to do that is yeah. how I see it. Yeah. But so talking about the podcast, you have a successful podcast. Like yeah. it's crushing it. Yeah. And you've been at it now for how long? Over four years. For 250, years. 60 episodes, something yeah. like that? Yeah. I don't a even lot. know. I'd have to go look Crap at ton. That. Yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about that before. Like, we don't know what episode we're ever on, right? Yeah. So, And that's just one a week, you know? So, yeah. you know. Like, it's always in person. Yeah. High quality video, audio. I mean, you got a great guy managing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look at that and I go, okay, I think the average, like, it's like, what, 80% of people in podcasts don't even get past 10 episodes? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's like, so here, here's maybe a couple questions, but I'm going to start with this one. If you're an entrepreneur and you're hungry, should you start a podcast and get on social media? Absolutely. Yeah. No matter what business you're at or like, what's your opinion? Like your blue collar business, like. <laughs> Absolutely. What, what, what's your I thought? Mean, most of the guys in our mastermind are blue collar, man. And, and you know, a lot of them have had this same hesitation because they're like, well, it's just not really a fit for my industry. It's not my thing. I don't huge, have it. Man. I don't know what it might bring Instagram your next is. executive to work for you. It might bring, you know, not just, well, I think a lot of people look at it like they're just trying to create leads, but it's so much more than that. You know, and that's what I've learned as a networker all these years. It's like, man, every relationship is yeah. so valuable. Right. And so it could be your next employee. It could be your next executive. Like we have executives now that we've recruited to come and, you know, run easier accounting with us. And, you know, it's like your, your AV guys, 
you know, like Luke yeah. and, you know, it's like, dude, every relationship's so valuable. And so it's like, what are you like? Why are you not putting yourself out there? If it's not on yeah. a podcast, why are you not saying yes to stages? Why are you not saying yes to TV interviews? You know, like yeah. we say yes to everything. And, I, and I'll tell you, that is the number one attribute to the success that we have had. Dude, I was a good sales guy on the phone. I made good money. I supported my family. I made six figures selling on the phone. Business owners, right? Multiple companies before I started my own. I was never the best, dude. There was always these silver tongue devils. Sure, sure. They just had the, they <laughs> just had it, you know? Yeah. It was like in them, right? And it's like, I had to work really hard to be good on the phone and, and make a six-figure income. So I was never that great at sales. I was never that great at like systems and processes. I'm a very good visionary and I'm willing to just put myself out there no matter what. So- I mean, dude, yeah, like, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to explain it, man. But like, I was so nervous the first time I got asked to speak on stage. But I remember one of the first companies I worked for, like the way that the speakers got treated, like they were gods, right? Uh, Red carpet rolled out for them. They created all the leads for this company I worked for. It's like, man, I want to be a speaker one day, right? Um, and so when I got asked to speak, and then really it was like, Hey, will you sponsor our event and we'll let you speak, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I was so nervous, dude. I still get nervous to speak to this day. I'm not the greatest speaker, but I'm ne I'm always going to say yes, man, because there's so much opportunity. I could create one relationship, dude, you know? Yeah. And so you might have a video that you put out that only gets 12 views, but it was a one view that turned into a magnificent relationship that yes. changes trajectory for you and that person, So true, you know? And so like, it, it's, it's never a good game plan to not put yourself out there in some form. And nowadays with podcasts, with social media, all the different platforms of social media stages, events, like you need to be putting yourself out there yeah. getting in front of people. And, and what you're saying really is like, if and I, I feel the same way is like, if you're not putting yourself out there, you're doing it. You're selfish. Yeah. You're doing everybody else a disservice because you yeah. have value to give them and add just by opening your mouth. And yeah. if you're not doing it, then you're just, you're selfish. Yeah. Like, and everybody thinks it's the other way around. Yeah. Like you're selfish or you're prideful. Or you're like all about me and I just want to flaunt whatever. No, like yeah. that's not what you guys do at all. Like everything that you guys put out is like value, value, yeah. value. Like here's tips and tricks and here's my mindset stuff and here's our routine and this is yeah. how you network and this is, you know, here's our mastermind so you can listen to these really cool speakers. Like yeah. everything's value, value, value driven. And if you guys never created that, how are you going to share that value? Yeah, it's true, man. And I think on a higher level, just for a second, if I'm God which I'm not trying to be sacrilegious or anything like that, but wouldn't I want people to do that? Like yeah. good thing. Like there's so many bad people. There's so much like, it's like a spotlight shined on all the bad right now. Wouldn't I want good people to be in front of the camera yeah. and on podcasts, right? delivering things that are helping my children on earth be the best version of themselves. Absolutely. Wouldn't I get behind that as the most powerful being in the universe to help push that? Yeah. And wouldn't I like pave a way for it, like still make it difficult so that they grow, mm -hmm. but like help it. Yeah. It's like, absolutely he would. Yeah. Absolutely. He would want that. To happen. Absolutely, man. Like you want to be resourceful. How can you be resourceful if you don't have a lot of resources and people are the greatest resource we have on planet earth. Sure. And so wouldn't the God asset. want the most, you know, capable, you know, well-intended people to be each other's resources to help the next big company evolve, the next, you know, real estate agent, you know, change his family dynamic, the next, you know, real estate investor, you know, do it the right way and be an influence for everyone else to do it the right way, you know? Yeah. So like what you're saying is absolutely spot on, man. Like, you know, don't worry so much about you. And, uh, and I, and I learned this lesson in one of my speaking engagements. Okay. Because like I always want to, I want to be good, right? Like I want to be good at speaking. I want to get up there and like really inspire people to move and take action in their life. And there's a way to do it. There's obviously levels of talent in doing that. So yeah, I want to strive to be one of the greats, right? If I'm going to do it, I want to do it well, right. you know, but I did have one where I totally bombed dude, And I still got business out of it, yeah. you know, and that's how it is, right? Like when you do mess up, there's a great learning lesson. You still get business out of it just by putting yourself out of there. But 
I was so worried because my friends were in the room and there was other big names speaking there and it was one of the bigger crowds I had spoken to and I got asked last minute to speak at this one and they asked me to speak on something new that I've never spoke on before. And so I was, I laid awake all night, no sleep at all. But dude, I'm not going to say no to that opportunity. Yeah, yeah you know, Like average people would say no. They'd be like, nah, I'm not, I got to prepare. Yeah. I'm not going to do that, right? Like to me, I'm like, dude, if I fall on my face, there's going to be a good lesson in it, right? So I said I love yes. love that, by the and way. And I did fall on my face dude i went out there i actually lost my spot and then i was like going back to try and make a point to make the earlier thing i said make sense and i botched <laughs> it and you know i did all that right mm -hmm. and uh but dude i realized uh the next day when i i was in scottsdale and i went down to the pool and i was just like laying there with a book and uh i'd read and then i'd get lost in thought and i'm like oh it hit me i was like I was so worried about what my friends and the other big speakers were going to think about my, my talk. And I mm. wanted to do well for them instead of just making it about the audience. Right. And so when we talk Love about that. like, you Love know, the that. selfishness of, of like building your personal brand and putting yourself out there, it's like, you know, you want to do great and you want to, you, there's nothing wrong with being selfish of wanting to be great and get a lot out of it. Yeah. But if you can literally make it huh. about them, you're going to have so far few failures in your journey of becoming great at that. If you really make it about the audience, same thing with your social media. If you're like this one tip is going to help you one person, two people, three people. And then people yeah. you don't even know that they're going to spread the word to from there. Like it's, it's yes. a ripple effect, right? That we always hear about the ripple effect, but it's, that's the powerful thing about it. And it's so, so powerful. Like you, yeah. you're able to, I mean, I think it all the time, like, okay, well, if, like, if you get 2000 views on your video, it's kind of like a bummer, right? Yeah. But a room of 2000 people, mm -hmm. that's a big room. Yeah. It's and huge. then, and then you think about it. Oh, I only got 15,000. This person got a million. A room of 15,000 people is a big room. <laughs> you just spoke huge. on a big stage. Yeah, it's so true. Right. And, and if we put that into perspective, it's like, no, you're, you're touching people's lives. And if you keep at it and just stay consistent, yep. then you can make a big difference. But yeah. Dude, I love that. Yeah, what hey, made you do it? What made you start putting yourself podcast, out there? Social podcast, media? social media. Because, dude, I see your stuff all the time. Like, you're in my <laughs> algorithm, dude, and I love it. You're doing great, man. And oh, I'm like, thanks. I'm always cheering you on. But, like, what <clears throat> what was, like, I need to do this, right? Because you could sell homes. You obviously are a capable sales guy. You've got the looks, the talents, the ability. You're doing well already. Like, what made you decide, I'm going to go uh, put myself out there even more? Yeah, it's just, I mean, I think it's a lot of what we talked about, just like giving back to people. I think that's where it kind of came from. It yeah. started there. And the other part, though, is just like, I have great examples like you guys and, and others that like Brody and Justin Prince. And um, th these are people that we know, right? And, but just a lot a lot of other people even that I know, like back east, um, uh, Cole Taylor, Aaron Nimmo, um, Coach JC, like, you know, a lot of these people that, they all have stuff like this going on. It's like there's a recipe to success. Yeah. There's a reason why they're there. It's just like, you know, if you make banana bread and you leave out the baking soda, it's not going to rise. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's that simple in my mind. That's just how my mind works. Like yeah. success leaves clues. Like I just got to follow the blueprint. Right. Yeah. And that's just kind of how my mind works. So, so after like the, Hey, I want to add value to people and like, cause it, I mean, it's expensive. Like it's yeah. not that cheap to like try and go after it hard. Yeah. Right. You spend thousands and thousands of dollars a month and it's like, oh, I hope I'm getting an ROI on this, you know, yeah. but you totally do. Yeah. You totally do. And it's not like a direct, but I, I, I think that, you know, I wanted to give back to people. I saw that the, all these other people that have these connections and this network and influence, and I wanted to have that influence to help people. They have this stuff. Yeah. And so I'm like, I never had the, like, oh, don't post that. Like, I'm, I look stupid. I'm like, I already know I look stupid. Like, just post it. Because in my mind, again, it's just like, I know that there's a pattern to this. I don't care if yeah. I look stupid. I know I'm going to get better, just like everybody else did. Yeah. So I just like, I almost knew that before. I was like, just post it. Like, yeah. fail faster. Like, just get yeah. it out there, you know? <laughs> it's it's wild how, you know, as men and entrepreneurs and, and women, like, we give each other permission, right? And so we hear yeah. about these, yeah, yeah. these things like, comparison is the thief of joy true dude i love you know, that though if we're sitting there comparing ourselves in this negative way but the healthy comparison is like 
dude, if, if that guy can do it, I can do it. Right. And it's like, by you doing this. it, you're yep. giving him permission. You're giving the next guy permission. That's possible. You know, and it, it, that like, Hey, you know, it's really not about you, you being special in any way. It's just a matter of you doing it and yeah. being willing to put yourself out there. So, yeah, dude, every single person that I've ever talked to that is now like on the other side of the Shihan's wall of like an influencer is like, yeah, when I started, I freaking nervous or I hated it or like yeah. I was stuttering or we do like 10 take, like they all sucked at it. Yeah. But it's just reps like yeah. anything else. Yeah. And so for people listening, I mean, it's just for you too. It's like, you want to be an entrepreneur. It's, I hear this all the time. I know KLS too. It's like, where do I start? How do I get started? What do I talk about? It's like, just start. Yeah. Like, don't ask those stupid, they're stupid yeah. questions. That is a stupid question. Just start. Just yeah. do something. I don't care if you talk about your dog, but just develop the habit of doing it every single day yeah. and then pivot when you're ready definitely talk about your dog <laughs> talk, talk people bro there's like or so cats. many right? Dude, cats yeah. yeah cat stories and videos they just go viral getting, all the time just getting back from california i was like hey, i need to start a business in the dog, dog world industry. man like dog grooming yeah dog an indoor dog park for here you know like <laughs> for the summer and the winter months that yeah. we don't have the winter months in the snow <laughs> People spend money on their dogs, dude. <laughs> uh, dude, here's another question that I thought of that I want to ask you. So I've asked like one other person this. Mm. Dan Markham actually is the one I asked this to. So I'm going to ask you the same question. Did you, you know, from an early age, did you know that you were going to be able to create a big, like a big business and make a lot of money? Yeah, I think I did, oh. you know, but I also had um, a lot of limiting beliefs and self-doubt, right? But like, you Yeah, know, take dude, us through that because you know? it's like contradicting almost in a way. Like, well, yeah, so, man. So like, what's the part that you like, yes, and then what, what, what were your hurdles? So, and it, it's kind of twofold, right? Like, um, I was an outcast in my neighborhood, okay? So like I grew up in this neighborhood, like, you know, um, all the cool kids were, you know, Bruce Hurst's nephews and, you know, <laughs> like, you know, the Hearst boys oh, yeah. and stuff. And like, you know, like they were, um, um, you know, like they just had their clicks, man. I didn't fit into them. Right. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to, I remember wanting to. Right. Sure. And so like, I, I was, I was bullied a little bit in, in that neighborhood growing up, dude, I was the outcast. And so I had this chip on my shoulder. Like I always had something to prove. Right. But then I aligned more with the troubled kids cause I didn't fit in with the cool kids. Right. The, the, you know, and so man, like I, I mean, I was only in middle school, man. And I started selling pot and there's not very many kids to sell pot to in middle school. So the kids that did buy it from me ended up becoming my friends and we were all troubled teens. We got in trouble for vandalism. We got in trouble for smoking pot, drinking, like we were turds, man. Like we did a lot of dumb stuff. So anyway, I was a troubled kid. I had been in trouble with the law a few times. And then probably the biggest blessing ever was like, man, I had, I had a kid, you know, and, um, I was a high school wrestler. I was really good at that. And I ended up having to quit high school wrestling. I decided to drop out and go get a job and start taking care of this family. And so, um, as I started learning to work, I was always a hard worker, like give me a job on the weekends. Um, some of my dad's buddies in construction or for my dad directly, like I outwork anybody. And so I always just had this idea that I was going to be, um, that I was going to be wealthy one day. Right. Huh. But then I also, because of all my trouble with the law and the friends I hung out with, I always had like also the like, doubt like with it. Don't you know? like align. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I had, so I, I had that, I had that war going on in me. It's like, eh, I'm probably not going to, I'm probably not going to be anything great. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm a loser with all these guys, right? Mm. Selling pot and drinking, right? And then I would ditch my friends and get into wrestling season and I would have more belief in myself through hard work and discipline. And, huh. you know, I'd get a job and then I'd get, you know, I'd get, um, I'd get recognized for always being a hard worker. Every job I ever had before I was an entrepreneur, I got promoted really quickly because I just outworked everybody. And so I knew there was something special, you know, but I also, I knew that, uh, I knew that I'd, I'd done a lot of things too to, to, uh, you know, develop some belief systems that like I probably wasn't going to be very successful, but even clear back when I was a little kid though, I remember our home teachers coming over, you know, and uh, you know, they always came to our house cause we were like the inactive Mormon family <laughs> in the neighborhood. One of that, another outcast black sheep things. Um, but I remember, I remember um, our home teacher, he asked me when I was real, real young, like eight years old. And he was just like, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I was like, I'm going to be a millionaire. And he was like, all right, you know, but what are you going to do to be a millionaire? I was like, don't know, but I'm going to be a millionaire. Love like, it. you know, so even when I was a little kid, I just knew money solved problems. My parents and my family had money problems and I knew I wanted a lot of it. And, um, you know, I did have a couple of really cool friends that were like, I remember, um, as, as a teenager before I had 
uh, before I had a, before I became a teen dad, I did have one friend who was really cool. I was like, man, like I caught friends talking behind my back about me being a loser. Mm-hmm. And I remember opening up to him about it. And he was like, dude, screw him, man. Like, yeah, like I believe in you. You're going to do something so great, dude. Like, and I remember I was telling him like, man, I'm going to have the coolest cars and I'm going to have this and I'm going to have that. Like that stuff you dream about when you're young. And, uh, and he was like, dude, I know you will. Like I, like I've always felt like that about you. And yeah, I know there's something special about you. And so just having that one person believe in yeah. you, um, like really meant a lot, man. It really, it really did. I've never forgot it. And that friend ended mm. up, you know, taking his own life years later. And, uh, I've never forgotten that about him, man. He's just like one of those friends that really cheered you on. He wasn't a hater, you know, he saw the best in people. And so that's actually been one of my business strategies, you know, and, and it wasn't like a premeditated strategy, but I will tell you that, uh, dude, I've always like believed in people, you know, and I've been burned a lot for that, but yeah. it's also had some of my most you know, greatest successes from it as well. Like there's probably a lot of people that wouldn't have believed in Trevor just becoming a recovering addict. But I was like, dude, I saw something great in him, you know, and I saw something great in a lot of the people that have come through our ecosystem where I'm like, even still to this day, man, Trevor's like, man, he told me not too long ago. He's like, man, like I didn't know about that guy. Like, but you saw something in him and he just dude, He just freaking crushed it for our, our mastermind community, giving the best marketing nuggets. I'm like, yeah, man, I worked with that guy for months. He's a genius, you know? And like, I just see things in people and just, I'm willing to believe in them. I'm, I'm willing to get screwed. Um, you know, if, if, if I believe in somebody and so I think that's a gift, man. I think that's a gift that there's like this energy that it comes out of you that people feel yeah, and like pulls out that best version of themselves. Yeah. I remember just a quick story. I remember I was baseball and you were wrestling and I love baseball. And as a sophomore, Snow Canyon always had a good baseball team. Yeah. Like we were always good. Yeah. And as a sophomore, I started varsity and I remember we were playing against some team up north and the guys on the, on the mounds throwing 90 plus, like 90, <laughs> low 90s, 92, 90. I'm a sophomore. I'm like, that's freaking hard, you know? So it was a close game. It was a tight game. And like, I, I just was so freaking nervous, dude. I was, it was my turn to be up to bat and I'm over there and, and I just looked up to my, my coach so much. His name is Reed Seacrest. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know him. Yeah, I do. So I, he played in the pros. I just looked up to him, and I was just so grateful to be be there on the field playing varsity. And uh, I just called timeout, and I, like, walked yeah. over to him. And I just remember I was a sophomore, just this little kid, and I looked up at him, and I was like, what? And I was like, didn't know what to say. I'm like, yeah. I don't know why I'm talking to you right now. And he's like, hey, dude, you can do it. Like, it's okay. And I was like, and the only thing I asked him was, do you really think I can do it? And he's like, dude, I know you can freaking do it. Just go up there and freaking heck away. And, you know, and just said his little thing. Yeah, of course. I know you can do it. You're freaking the best one out here on the field. <laughs> this is all BS. But like he talked me up. I go up and I freaking hit yeah. one off the wall yeah. as a sophomore. Like yeah. the biggest hit we needed. We scored a run. Like it was just, and like, dude, I could feel it. Like this energy. I was just like, mm-hmm. I was so pumped up because he believed in me. Yeah. And I've remembered that experience. Um, kind of like you and your friend, which is a great story. Just like, yeah, if you just, if you believe in people, like you can kind of yeah bring the best out of them. It's, it's pretty true, cool. Something, and, and it's reciprocal, man. Like people still sometimes believe in me and I'm like having my self doubt, you know, yeah. even, even now, yeah. right? It's like you have all this proof of, of, yeah, of yeah, accomplishment, yeah. but it's like you still, you still get those limiting beliefs and those thoughts. And mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of people that show up and believe in me as well. And so, you know, to me, it's like, it's just a good strategy. Just believe in people, you know, align yourself with good people, you know, and if, if people let you down, it's like, whatever, man, I honestly hope people, if, if I believe in someone, they don't work out. And even if they do some harm, it's like, man, I just hope that they get led to some, you know, point or position their life where they get to pivot in the right direction and that belief that you had in them helped them in some way right and so um so yeah man it's just it's just i don't know like i've just had the ability to kind of see things in people and i I wouldn't have any of this if it wasn't for people but but i think kale that you know i think everybody has it and you're just able to see it's not like uh, it's not like oh that person has it and i can see it but that person doesn't yeah it's like maybe i i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm off but i kind of believe yeah that everybody is divine in some way like they have skills and talents and like sometimes they just need to have it pulled out of them and maybe it's that you're just looking at them as like no that's what it is that's yours and you can see that and maybe they can't and then you try and pull it out of them because i I just want to make sure that everybody listening this is like 
oh yeah, well they have it. Kale's Kale sees it in them, but like yeah, I'm different. Like I've never been successful. Yeah. Bull crap. Yeah. Like you're the same. <laughs> like you have it in you to do the it's same so freaking true. thing. It is, man. There's nothing special about anyone yeah. other than some people take action and then they hang out with good people. Mm-hmm. They network, they put themselves out there and just these little things. Yeah. And then it starts to blow up. The downside of that is like you can't force people to change, you know, and, and sometimes you want to, you know, but personal change is such a personal thing, man. Like it, people just aren't ready until they're ready when they're ready on their terms to make a change. You know, it's like they, they will. Right. And so yeah. you can't force it. You can't force changing people, you know, so you can believe in people and, and even people we've had to let go like that, that, uh, aren't on our team anymore or maybe it was a business relationship where we got burned it's like you know it's like man like i just i just want to send those people off with uh you know they're not in my life anymore but i want to send them off with with like knowing like dude you got you got potential man like when you find it you're gonna do great things you know but you know it is a deeply personal thing to create change in yourself and someone else wanting to change someone else it's just that just doesn't work and sometimes yeah. we get caught up in that where we're like ah i just want to change them right like we had this one sales guy was like dude you're so good you don't have to lie to sell why do you keep lying right and it's like he but he was he just wasn't ready to change man so he's not <laughs> on our team anymore but yeah. i hope i hope to hell like he's found his thing that he yeah. sells he's he believes in he doesn't have to lie to do it anymore and he's making a great living for him and his family you know yeah. but you know oh, i love it yeah here's another question that i thought of to ask you just barely just now is okay so you're going through high school and you feel like you're kind of like the you know hanging out with the troubled kids and you're like yeah you know you're kind of doing the same things right and you're smoking and you're drinking and you're doing all this stuff like in my mind one i feel like we all in some way shape or form go through those dips like those peaks and valleys right yeah absolutely everybody yeah or else you're not human to me yeah and i probably don't want to be your friend anyway (laughs) (laughs) um because you're unrelatable to me because that's not me that's not my life um but you know i hear a lot of stories and you probably do too of people that are stuck in addiction or stuck in their own, that, 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 I want to call it just like a, that routine, but like a, that rut. Yeah. That rut, rut is a good word. And they can't seem to get out of that rut. They keep falling back in the rut. Yeah. Their wheel just keeps going back in the rut. They pop out for a second and they yeah. fall back in. Like, how did you do it? Like, but not just how, like, if you're speaking to somebody right now on camera, like what, what would you say to that person that may be listening to this right now? that's struggling with something, but has big dreams, just struggling mentally. Like, yeah, I know I have something in me that's great. Like kale. I know I could be a millionaire, but I'm struggling with this addiction. Yeah. How do you help that person? Like, what do you need? Man. So many layers to that. Right. Like, cause there's areas in my life. I still struggle. Right. Like, you know, Mm. Which I I love. Like I've been so fit and then I, you know, and then I fall off and then I get fit again. I Mm. fall off. I'm dude, I've yo-yoed forever, right? And so when I know I'm doing my best is when I know that I'm intentional about, you know, working towards what I really want. And so um it really takes you being honest with yourself and and it really takes embracing the uh suck on things because everything we want like we talked about to start like pain right Tony Robbins created so much out of his pain I've created so much out of my pain you know like we have to really be honest with ourselves that no matter what we want in our life there is there's gonna be hard work involved right and and I feel like we chase the comforts like oh when I get making $250,000 a year then I can relax or I can go on more vacations or when I got a million dollars in the bank. I'm going to feel so secure. Did you get a million dollars in the bank and you still have money problems and you get a million dollars in the bank and you still feel fear. And it's like, (laughs) you know, at the end of the day, like if you can create a mindset around like, dude, my entire life, my time on this earth is going to be hard work. Why don't I just embrace it? Learn to enjoy it. Love it. You know, like, um, like, you're going to get what you want. It's just as simple as that. Right. And so, yeah, it's going to take routines and it's going to take all the things that we hear about as entrepreneurs, but really it's, it's a mindset of like, just knowing like, dude, I, I'm just, I gotta love, I gotta love 
the hard work's going to be there no matter what. It's like choose your hard thing. You've heard that yeah, one too, right? Yeah, like yeah, for sure. Like for me, like I yo-yoed with my physical fitness and it's like, well, dude, is it really that hard to be consistent and disciplined with your fitness and your health? Um, it's going to be a lot harder having freaking diabetes and when your legs cut off or your feet, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like choose your heart kind of a thing. Right. So I think a lot about that kind of stuff, you know? And so, um, so I've, I've made a lot of adjustments in my health recently, man. Like all the research I've done is, you know, on microbiomes and the mm. artificial sweeteners and how much inflammation in your body from fried foods. And like that stuff's all been really helpful because it's like, okay, I'm cutting that stuff out. And it's yeah. like been a very convicted decision in order to do that. And it's really easy for me to do that once I have the knowledge, but you got to get out of learning mode and you got to get in doing mode. And so, yes. you know, like, so learning helps because once you have the data that makes complete sense, making the decisions really not, really not that hard, yeah. you know, but do, you just got to start doing, you Still know, learned. so, yeah. you know, so there's a lot of layers to that man in all different mm -hmm. areas, right? We all have our struggles. We all have our weaknesses. We all have our strengths, you know, but at the end of the day, when we can really just be like, you know what? my time on earth is going to have hard parts and it's going to have great parts and it's all going to be hard work. So why don't I just freaking make the choice to enjoy it and do it? Like, you know, it's, it's all, it's, it's all uphill from there, but it's, uh, but it's good. It's a good Dude, uphill. I love that answer. So again, the question was like, if somebody's struggling with addiction or having problems or whatever, and they want to do big things, like how do they get there? And what I'm hearing back is like, dude, give yourself some grace. Yeah. Like embrace it. Like everybody's got suck in their life and yours might be alcohol. This person might be drugs. It might be whatever. But like, I think that a lot of times what pulls people back into this is the shame and the guilt. Totally. And that, totally, that man. low, because everybody's seeking some happiness yeah. or love. Yeah. We all want it. Yeah. And so dopamine is the, is the robber. Right. And so when we want, when we want the drug or we want the alcohol, it's just depletion and dopamine yeah. or something, some feel good chemical in our brain. Right. Totally. And so we go to that because our brain sits and tells us, Hey, you're not feeling good right now. Like you're not feeling right. You're not feeling stable. Like homeostasis is not happening right now. Yep. Where was the last, what was the last thing that I, Oh yeah. was that the alcohol. Yeah. Okay, go drink because it'll make you feel better. Hey, yeah. go drink. And it just pokes you and pokes yeah. you and pokes you. Yeah. And then you go drink and it solves it for a second. But then you're just like, I just did it again. What the, you know, and then yeah. you go through this cycle. Yeah. But your whole point is like, dude, just embrace the suck. Yeah. Because if it's not that, it's going to be something else probably. Well, when you can do that, when you can embrace the suck, it's like, then you'll start doing it because it does suck, right? You're like, oh, dude, like I actually like doing hard things now. Mm. It gives you confidence, man. And, and then you're seeking totally. validation less. And, you know, when you're seeking validation less in your life, like all these things that numb us and take us away from what's really productful and, and beautiful in life, like become far less important to us, yeah. you know? So... Yeah, dude, I love it. I, I haven't talked about this a lot on camera, not very often at all, actually. And it's because it's it's one that a lot of people struggle with, but a lot of people don't like to talk about. And for me, it was it was porn. Yeah. And it, a lot of people would look at me and be like, Eric, really? What? Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, 100% of guys look at porn or have seen porn. Like, don't, you know, so yeah. I've gotten this healthy balance of it. But does it serve me? No. Did it serve me? No. And I knew yeah. that. And I've talked a little bit about like my explosion about four or five years ago. And I had that propane tank accident. A lot of you have heard of, if not, go listen to some of the other episodes. I talk about it, but like I was flying in the helicopter and I had this like almost out of body experience of like, Hey, if you were to, if you were to die right now, like, would you be happy with your life? Yeah. And it was like, no, but the, the reason it was no is because I would like, I would fall back and my wife knew about it the whole time. Like I was super honest with my wife. I was yeah. like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I just, get, I feel like I get this low. And then like once a month or every three months or every six months, I would go back to porn. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know why I haven't struggled with this since I was a kid. Yeah. Like my parents caught me just like every teenage boy because yeah. it just happens. And I'm like, babe, I love you. I really do. And it was just so hard because I like love my wife. And, mm -hmm. but I like, why am I going here? So I went to counseling. Yeah. It was the best thing I ever did because yeah. the counselor starts talking to me about like, Dude, like you're totally normal, number one. To give yourself some grace. Yeah. And it's just the dopamine low. Like when you go and look at porn, it's just because you're not doing a good job of being emotionally aware of how you're feeling. Yeah. So you're either feeling like stress, you're bored, you're lonely, you're angry, you're tired, but you got to figure out what that is for you, dude. Yeah, it's true. And I'm like, yeah, dudes are really bad at being emotionally yeah, like intelligent. 
And I'm not any different. It's so true. So I started journaling about it and working on it and trying. And I would fail along the way. And he would be like, dude, just because you relapse doesn't mean you go back to zero. Like, look how far you've come. Yeah. And then I got better and I got better and I got better. And our marriage got better and yeah. better and better. And it's like, then it becomes almost like a game. Like, yeah. all right, like how long can I go? You know, and yeah. then you just get better. And so... For, for those listening, dude, I know there's somebody listening to this that has struggles with porn. Totally and there's yeah. a lot of people that maybe look, look at porn as like, hey, yeah, you know, it's like not that big of a deal. My personal opinion, it doesn't serve you. Yeah. And if it doesn't serve you, then why have it in your life? Dude, honestly, man, I've been in part of a lot of men's groups. And um, I mean, dude, I, obviously I'd be lying if I never had a, said I never had a problem with porn. But it was such a... That was one of the reasons I was ridiculed in the neighborhood, right? Like I mm. found my dad's Playboys and I distributed them through the neighborhood. <laughs> then parents were like, "You're not allowed to hang out with that kid," right? Like that was actually one of the things, bro. Like I had some trauma over like pornography in our home growing up too, yeah. on top of the money and the IRS stuff. So as an adult, like yeah, like even in my first marriage, like we, you know, we had problems with it. But it's like, man, it's just been so many years. I haven't even seen it in so many years, man. And it's like. For me, it was because like I had such a bad experience with it. I didn't want to associate with it, but mm -hmm. I'm in all these men's groups and it's like such a tough, tough thing for a lot of men. And, it, and it's actually like studies coming out. And I read about one of these studies in a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. Super yeah, I love book. that. If guys yep. are, have you read it? I have like halfway through it. Okay. So guys that, that are, you know, are struggling with maybe, you know, uh, validation and women and pornography yes. is such a great book. Right. And in these men's groups I've been a part of, it's like, man, it's a really deep rooted thing. And a lot of studies show how yeah. it actually creates, um, uh, it's one of the biggest links in men being unproductive in their life because of the numbing that they do specifically with pornography. So there's so many addictions out there from food to porn to, you know, I mean, drugs to all kinds of things, got gaming, you yeah. know, like all these things. And it's like, it's all, it's all taking us away from, from our great, our greatness, you know? Right. And so I, I went through a really hard time just this last year. And, um, me and my wife went through some hard things because we all look for validation in certain things, you know, and, and, uh, you know, some things happened to hit my marriage really hard. And it was like, man, my really good friend, Corey McNeil, he was like, bro, I'm telling you, like the devil works on the ones that, you know, he wants to take out for a reason because they're meant to do great things. And, and it's like, you know, you know, people might hear that, but it actually meant something to me at that time. I was like, you know what, man, it's right. I'm let, I'm letting him beat me at this war. Like, you know, same thing with the pornography, man. It's like just giving into it and that little justification. It's like, yeah, oh, it's taking you away from your greatness, yeah. man. Like, you know, but you do got to give yourself grace. You mess you up. To. You got to get back on the horse. You can't, you can't give up. You can't stay down because that's, you read the book, Outwitting the Devil. That's what it's all about. It's like, yeah, man, 100%. once, once you're like, you that's accept that, you know, you're, you're a, you're a pile. And this is just what your your life is, you know. He's got you by the he's got you by the by the balls. You're gonna be controlled your whole life by these vices. And so, um, so I don't want to be that man. Like I really, yeah. really, really, what fuels me more than anything is like I want my family to be like, dude, the wisdom dad left us, the baton he handed to us, the the you know the security that he built with us, this legacy. Like that means more to me than to than anything. That's what drives me at the end of the day. Yeah. And so I recognize like not having these vices or being controlled by him or messing up, but getting back on the horse so that I'm not controlled by him forever is so important for that end goal of like, when I leave this earth, I leave it better than I found it. And they will dude, hundred percent. They will. Yeah. And we all go through the ups and downs. And I think when we mess up, we think about what are my kids going to think or what, are, you know, what are my wife going to think? Or yeah. like, Oh, I screwed up the family or this, that, and the other. And it's like, dude, we're all in this together. Like we all struggle. We all have like hormones and we have different, like uh, just attractions to different things. And it could be Netflix. Like, but we, but we, that whole, like give grace, you know, it's like, how fast can you pop up? Yeah. If you have, if you have a relapse in whatever it is, how fast can you pop back? Absolutely, man. And Absolutely. I think a big problem, I'm going to say this on camera for a second. I think a big problem. And just cause we're in Utah, there's a big LDS culture thing. I'm going to call it a cultural thing is, there's this, there's this cultural thing around pornography or drinking or drugs or whatever that if you do it, then you're toast. Like, yeah. don't do it. And they put such this barrier around as like, people don't do this. Like, this isn't, this doesn't happen, yeah. but it does. Yeah. And when it does happen, then you feel like, well, crap, I'm like the only one that struggles with this because my whole life I've been indoctrinated in this idea that nobody looks at porn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm the only one. Like, and, and here's the other thing, like, why do I like it? Why does it feel good? You know, yeah. it's like, 
but I don't like it and I feel shame and I feel guilt, but why am I drawn to him? Why do I keep going there? And it's like, and you're so confused and you don't talk to anybody and you yeah. just, just, you hide it and it gets worse. So we have to let go of that shame and guilt. God yeah. knows it's out there. He knows it's a multi-billion dollar industry. He knows that they know how our brains work and they're pushing it in front of everybody and they got it on our phones and they're, they're just a huge funnel that's leading yeah. to to porn. Yeah. I mean, for somebody that struggles with porn, you got for, like, can you imagine being a heroin addict and having it in your pocket at all times and be like, Hey, resist that thing. Like, yeah. hey, don't pull out that, you know, heroin and don't, Yep. You know, that's, that's what pornography is to some people. It's on their phone. Yeah. So Absolutely. we have to have a healthy relationship with, with all of it. Yeah, it's true, man. With all of it, you know, and our, and, and now more than ever, man, like, especially if you, if you're married, right. It's like, and, and you're a family man, it's like ha having good values within your marriage, within your family is so important yeah. because if it's true, right, that, that the devil wants to destroy, like people really looked up to me and my wife a lot. Like I got told all the time, like, oh man, couples goals, like you guys are like what we want. And it was like, it felt good for a long time. And then we hit our hard times. Right. So my friend telling me like, dude, like the devil wants to take you guys out. That's where he's gonna make the biggest difference. People look up to you guys. They look up to your marriage. They look up to your family. It's like, oh man, that, that that's why it hit me hard. So if you're married and you've got a family, it's like, there is no bigger difference you can make in the world, especially now with all the craziness yes. going on from yeah, sure. gender dysphoria to everything. Right. It's like, dude, like be, be a light in the world, like have the courage to shine, like be the example and just know like, you know what? The devil is going to try and take you out, you know? And it's a, it's up, it's up to you. It's up to you to, you know, take control of those vices, always get back on the horse and, and never subdue to it. Because if you subdue to it, then you're just, you know, now you're not a part of the, the, the different, you're not a difference maker yeah. anymore, you know? Yeah. So anyway, I want to be a difference maker, man. Like that's, yeah, that's important to it. me. And you know, it's, uh, it's so important to have couples stay together and build good families with good values more literally more than ever. So like, this is a really good conversation for people in entrepreneurship or any, or anything. It's just like, man, we all want to be productive dude. in our life, but like dude, our families are so important to just, you know, make sure that we go out there and shine as bright as we can in this world. That's just so crazy. It's usually you know? why we do what we do in entrepreneurship, right? Is to provide yeah. a better life. Yeah. But then it becomes like its own addiction and it like becomes a game and we, we're competitive as guys and we yeah. like to build things and like you're yeah. building a business and then you kind of <laughs> like, Oh shoot. Like I should probably like be home at five and like spend time with my wife and take her on a date and tell her I love her and give her a kiss. And we should probably be intimate and like all these things that are so important. We should probably have prayers as a family. You know, we should probably teach them about like good morals and principles mm -hmm. and all those things are important. So important. All those things are important. We yeah. have to, we got to do a good job at upholding that because they're going to remember. Yeah. Like they may not remember anything that was said, but they'll remember that it was done. Yeah. And we had it. You know it's what true. I'm saying? And it's, it's going to carry weight into their families and type of, you know, yeah. women and men that they are in their families. And yeah. so. And who they look for in a spouse and yeah. all that good stuff. Dude, this was, Absolutely. this was good. This was a good conversation. This yeah. was a good podcast episode. Yeah. We kind of went everywhere, dude. We did. Like business, business accounting, <laughs> yeah, accounting, yeah. your life, and then, you know, we kind of like vices <laughs> and addictions, and yeah. you know, it's awesome. Family, thanks for coming on, dude. Dude, absolutely, man. And you know, if I could say anything to wrap it up, it's like we and we kind of hit on it. It's like people are the greatest commodity out there. Being resourceful, being a connector, being—it's all like, it's all. That's like the most important part, right? People. I don't like we're in this world where people are just getting more and more and more like automate, automate, automate. It's like the human touch is always going to be the most valuable thing. Being a connector, being resourceful is always going to be the most valuable thing. And so, you know, you want to magnify, you want to attract people to you and, um, you know, the best thing to do. And, and this is a great conversation that we had today to, to kind of hit on this is like, you just have to become a person of accountability, man. No one mm -hmm. loves a victim. There's no other, there's no greater people repellent than being, you know, a victim, a blamer, so you know, not taking any, any sort of ownership in your life. And so, you know, that's, that's a big message I like to like to end on. And I always like to put out there anytime I'm on a podcast is like, yeah, you know, question yourself like look in the mirror like make sure that you really are always working on like being this person of accountability because that's going to attract a lot more to you and that's going to give you the ability to do a lot more and be more resourceful and bring more abundance into your life and others love it so dude thanks for sharing that yeah i totally agree with you i will echo that and we'll leave it at that that's a great place to end yeah 
We'll talk about the vices advice. and all that, dude. I just I wanted to end with that with a positive, the positive, yeah, and all that. Yeah, right? Uplift it at the end, yeah. I <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. Where do people find you? How do they connect with you if they um, want to? I mean, I'm rebuilding my personal website. It's just kelgoodman.com. Like, you want to buy my books or something like that? Like, you know, um, uh, it's on there. It's just Amazon. It, it links to the Amazon listing stuff like that. But, um, but like, honestly, real business owners, man. Like at real business owners, you know, you can DM us. Me and Trip both answer answer Instagram. people in there yeah. um and then real com, easieraccounting.com like you know those are all the spots where you can reach us and like we're so open to yeah, anybody man are. it's like yep. people reach out and they're like hey man i really need a call i'm struggling whatever hey i need you know i need to know if you know something about this like do we always answer we jump on the phone with people like just hit yeah. us up man we would really want to help so yeah no it's true i mean i remember when i first met you guys and i was like hey can i come in the office I just want to ask you like, yeah come on up man i wanted to ask you about podcasts and like how to yeah. get this started and you guys helped me out a ton yeah. so well to us dude we're nowhere near where we want to be right so sometimes <laughs> these guys making six figures are like you know like you'll never talk to us you guys are so far along it's like we're not we're not stars dude like come talk to us man yeah. we, don't, we don't have bodyguards you know so. which people love dude and it just yeah. yeah that's amazing it's an amazing quality that both you and trevor have yeah so keep sure. it up Thanks for having me on, brother. Thanks for coming. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening this far. Uh, if you like this episode and you feel like it had value that you can that it can give to other people, please share it. Uh, maybe just go on your Instagram, take a screenshot. Hey, this was a killer episode. Would love you to do that. Put a link in there where people can find us because I really feel like this episode as well. And a lot of the other episodes have a lot of value for people. And I know this one definitely did. So thanks for coming on. Yeah. And uh, we'll end it right there. See you guys next time.